Japan Short Track Racing. There's so many videos now. <laughs> I already lost it. Let's crack a lacking. Not fun. Hey. Who, who's in charge tonight of doing the intro? Uh, you know, I feel like you should do it, Cody. Welcome back to another episode of the LTC from East Tennessee. It is Left Turn Cool. It is me, Cody, your host with the most. And I am joined here this lovely Thursday evening with... JKL from the Churchill, baby. Let's go. I smell like shit. Hey, it's Coop Daddy. And it is Dalton Good, a.k.a. Dalton Ratty Bush. How, how are you doing tonight, Dalton? Are you doing pretty good? Uh, yeah, good by my last name. hey oh, Hey, what are we doing tonight? Uh, I feel like we have a Hanging special out. somebody on, don't we? I, oh, really? Yeah, I think we do. Let's go, Jared. Um, let's go, Ryan. Uh, Ryan. I beat you to the punch, I just wanted to get that out. Before I introduce I got, our uh, special guest tonight, right? Um... <laughs> This is a dude that I believe everybody in the NASCAR Twitter community knows. And now everybody who watches a Camping World Truck Series race should know. Um, it's the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Hacker. Boom. Chris. There he is. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's up, Chris? You Thanks know, for coming on, man. Most definitely. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. So, Chris... How are you doing this wonderful evening? You know, I'm I'm not doing too bad. I get to hang out with you guys, so I'd, I'd say that's a plus for sure. Honestly, hey. I kind of want to apologize for the fact that you do have to hang out with us. Really? See, that's a part, like, once you start getting big, like, you know, your management's starting to make moves for you. Now you're stuck here on a podcast with us. So I guess that's a part Talking of it. you got to get good. used to it. Yeah. yeah I mean, this this is a <laughs> – it makes me happy to be to be on here, So so, yeah. I appreciate that. I, I do. I do. Sure. That may and we are live in front of a audience so far. We're up to 15 viewers right now, which is pretty dope. Pretty dope. Sweet, um, sweet. Yes, sir. So, you know, uh, most interviews are kind of boring uh, and then they're going to ask you very cliche questions. But I think we all pride ourselves. And this is Dalton's first time doing a formal interview at LTC. Uh, we pride ourselves in asking non-stereotypical, normal questions, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to know about you. I want to know the story of Chris Hackerman, how the Hackerman was born, and where he came from. So I guess without further ado, Chris, tell me about your youth. When did you realize you wanted to go fast? So... um it all started when I was like real, real little before I could probably even remember. My my dad actually used to race like street stocks at his local track um, here in Indiana, stuff like that. Um, he had to get out of it because he had to spend a lot of time with me growing up due to my injury to my left arm and stuff. So 
I never really got to see him race or anything, but I do know uh, when my mom was pregnant with me, she was always at the racetrack. So, I mean, it could have started then before I was even out walking in the world, but uh, I do know he was always watching the cup races on Sunday and everything like that, and I was sitting there with him. Um, so I always had, like, a, a niche for racing, I guess you could say, but um, when I actually started driving, we were just at the Indianapolis Fairgrounds, and they had a little quarter midget track there, and I just, like – kind of tugged on my dad's shirt and I was like, yo, like, I want to, I want to try this out. And they always told me that that was going to be a phase because I did like T-ball and basketball and soccer and stuff like that beforehand. And they, uh, they were greatly mistaken on that. And I just kind of picked it up and ran with it at that point. Nice. I so respect, you, I respect you, that. You speak on the entry. Um, and anybody who knows about you that's in your bio, uh, do you care to elaborate on that just a little bit? Yeah. You said my injury? Yes, sir. Yeah. So uh, I was born with brachial plexus injury. Uh, long story short, I was a pretty large baby. I was 11 pounds and they weren't quite aware of that. So um, as I was, you know, like coming out, there was a lot of complications where they had to pull on me. And when they did that, they ended up ripping, ripping three of the nerves that connect my arm to my nervous system. So at first, I could only move my fingertips. And then they took uh, nerves out of my calves and ankles and kind of Frankenstein my arm up a little bit. So now I can, you know, move it a little bit more. Um, I'd say I have about 50% range of movement in it right now. But, um, you know, it's never really helped me back on anything. It's kind of just one of those things where you got to, you know, adapt to your environment and find, find your own way to do it, I guess you could say. So is that something that's like gradually improved throughout your life? Like, would you say that range is, is getting better or would you say it's kind of stayed the same since a certain time? Uh, so my last surgery was when I was seven. I had a lot of years of physical therapy. Um, I wouldn't say it got better or worse, but um, actually when I was like 16, 17 in gym class, I started no noticing a lot of pain in my shoulder and I went to a, the Shriners Hospital. They uh, checked me out. They were amazing people. And what they found out is that um, through the lack of range of motion, there's a bunch of like lack of muscle in the back of my shoulder. And so if I'm doing like push-ups or pull-ups or anything like that, uh, my shoulder actually like kind of like pops in and out of socket. So like that's the only thing that's kind of like uh, been another setback. But but yeah, it's just kind of it's just kind of been the same ever since my last surgery. Here, I've got a question for you. Dominic wants to know, is it hard to go fast with your injury? You know, uh, I wouldn't say it's hard to go fast. The one thing that was hard was when I lost power steering and trying to shit. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Oh, yeah. man, that put me in my plate. <laughs> I was like, oh, my Lord. Uh, I actually got a blister on my finger from that. That's what I was going to say. It fucked your hand up. Yeah. It, it did. It messed me up. I actually – I, like, set my – left foot like up on like the floorboard and pinch my hand in between my knee and feel to like hold the wheel straight while I was shifting and I had to like reach over with my right foot and like shift with the with my right foot while while going but talk yeah. about a debut. Yeah yeah it, <laughs> it was that yeah it was an eventful weekend but you know I I definitely had a blast. I couldn't be more thankful for it. Was that like one of those ordeals when you're – I assume that when it went out, you immediately figured that out. But was that one of those deals where you're like, come on, man. <laughs> well, so, like, it went out. What happened was the pulley came off. And right when it happened, I was like, this is hard to turn. And I thought the truck just shut off, for like, for some reason. And then I was like, no, the gauges are, like, still working. I was like, the truck's not off. And I – 
that's done over the radio. The spotter was like, come in right now. And I went in. I parked the truck in the pit. And Josh was like, if you go back out there, we're done. And I was like, I was like, okay. So I went back out there. And we were running caution laps. It was under the last caution when it happened. And I was just sitting there thinking to myself, I was like, I don't know if I can do this right now. I was like, this is like messing me up. And I went over the radio and I was like, how many more laps do we green flag? I was like, this race needs to be over. And Josh came over the radio. He was, he was really cool. He was like, you know, like you got this. He's like, I promise like you'll be fine. Yada, yada, yada. And the race ended and we were going down like to pit lane. They were checking lug nuts and everything. And I just parked it right there and I got out. Like I could not drive it another end. <laughs> First time I walked to the porta potty because I had to pee so badly. And then after that, I went to the wall and I laid down on the wall and I just like poured water on myself. And I was like, it was it was a rough a rough laps last couple laps, but it, I was I was definitely happy that I finished it out because I didn't want a DNF on my first race. That's for sure. Hey, I have a, a fun little fact behind what you experienced. Uh, here's a fun fact about Mark Martin. I don't know how many people know this. I feel like Jacob definitely does. Um, that is why Mark Martin decided to quit drinking as heavily and start working out is because his power steering went out in a race. And that's why Mark Martin is that jacked little dude he is now is because he lost his power steering one time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I definitely need to start here in the gym more. I was like, <laughs> like if that happens like mid race, like I don't know if I could sit through that. Like it was, it was rough. I can't lie, it was really, really rough. I couldn't imagine because what the trucks they're thirty four hundred pounds too, right? They're the same weight as the cup cars, I believe. I I couldn't tell you honestly. I, I there they probably are somewhere around there, but I really couldn't tell you exactly. Well, and see, that's why you're the driver and I'm just the stat guy, <laughs> right? Like we all have our place in this industry. <laughs> one, one thing I want to ask you. So, I've got to ask. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say. Yeah, uh, shut up, Dalton. <laughs> fuck me. Anyway, anyway uh, so I was going to ask. Uh, of course, how could you compare? Uh, like if. When your power steering goes out, like what can you compare that to? Like what's what's the feeling of that like? It, it's like honestly so undescribable. If you guys are like ever at the gym and you're like max repping, like doing your personal record at the gym, it's like doing that, but for like ten to fifteen minutes straight. Like I was like I was literally like grunting the whole time. Like I was going to the corner and I was like, like I was putting like every every inch of muscle in my body to turn that wheel, and it's like I don't know, man. It's it's difficult. Like you know, driving a race car, they with power steering, you know, it get, it's not too difficult. But like once you do so many laps, you know, you start to get like a little bit of soreness. But yeah, it's just it's crazy, man. Honestly, it's it's really crazy. Well, especially right. at that style of track anyways, because it's flat track, so you're having to absolutely yank it every lap. <laughs> yeah. Josh, Josh was like, listen, man, like, the faster you go, the easier it will be. And I was like, okay. I went to turn one, and I was like, this is not easier at all. I was like, I need to <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can make this turn. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, go one more comment up, Coop. I was gonna run that later, but I, I don't know. Okay. Run yeah, we can we can run that there. one. Yeah, there it is. There LTC it needs is. to sponsor Chris for a race. Jared knows a graphic designer who can make that happen. Jared, we also need an investor to make that happen because I know I ain't got none of that truck series money. Oh. <laughs> I work at a barbecue place, Jared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
Um, and then shout out to uh, Mama Cody for joining us for this episode as well. Um, so, all right, let's go. Let's rewind back a little bit. So you are in your teen years. Mm -hmm. How is that starting to play out for you as far as racing? Because, you know, when you're a teen, obviously our interests, they come and go. Right. I mean, you might have been way more into girls when you're 13, not care about racing. You might have only wanted to play a video mm. game and not care about racing. When did the did the passion for racing ever leave throughout your teenage years or do you feel like maybe it, it grew? Well, so long story short about my whole career, I started quarter missions when I was eight and I got to Bandoleros at nine and then Legends at 12, late models at 13. Um, my my passion for racing never left, you know, um, I actually, when I was going into freshman year, I sat down with the dean uh, of my high school and I was like, yo, like I'm racing cars or traveling a lot. Sometimes I'll have to leave Thursdays and Fridays to get these tracks. And thankfully she was like, okay, well do your schoolwork. Let's do those days beforehand. And, you know, we'll, we'll sign it off, stuff like that. And so, you know, I, well, that's cool. Yeah, it was it was really clutch. At first. I feel like that is bound to happen more in a state like Indiana too, right? Yeah. Is that where you lived at this time? Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I mean, th that's a racing state anyway, so I feel like they're going to be way more understanding of that in Indiana than probably any other state. North Carolina and Indiana. I feel like those are the states where the teachers and and the principals are like, you go for facts. It. <laughs> yeah, they're like facts. <laughs> like, slap me a ticket next weekend. Exactly, but uh. You know, I'd like I'd get on the bus like freshman year, and I'd I'd go to school and I'd do my thing. And I'd come home, and uh, you know, like some weekends we'd wreck the late model, and I'd come back and I'd just start like uh, you know, helping weld like the front bumper back on, you know, tearing the front bumper off and and all that. But so, who are you funded by at this point? Is this I, like your parents? Yeah, so my parents funded me all the way up to I was sixteen. They. Okay. They uh, ran out of funding around that time. And so I actually got out of the seat from 16 to about 20. Um, but my passion for racing, wow. I actually went uh, to the track every weekend, helping out late model teams. And then when I graduated high school, I actually went to University of Northwestern Ohio for a little bit. And I started studying high performance engineering because I was like, you know, if I can't drive, the next best thing is to either own a team or work for a team. So um, I did that, but I won't lie, school wasn't really my thing growing up too much. So I actually ended up dropping out and I was like, <clears throat> I was like, you know, like I got to figure out a way to drive. So, uh, you know, through those years, I, I worked a lot, you know, would buy like a $300 Honda Civics, fix it a little bit, sell it for like 1500 And I was able to come up with enough money to start racing again myself. And so. Yeah, I mean the passion for racing never really left. You know, my my friends they'd be down at the at the park either playing, you know, football, basketball, that stuff, and I'd just be I'd just get off school, come home, and just like just hang out with my dad in the garage and start working on the race cars. I feel I like that's a, them. that's cool. That's a bond too. That's a bonding thing because like oh, you know, yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, especially for you know a father and son, you know, working on a car. That's like one of the, that's one of the ways me and my dad bonded. So I feel like that was a huge bonding moment, probably, right? Yeah, and like you know, not gonna lie, we butt head we butt heads a lot, uh, you know, because I was young and you know he was older, and we just like he'd come home from work and literally just go back to work, pretty much, you know, working on the race car. And so like 
you know, there was some times we butt heads, but you know, me, me and him work together right now. We've worked actually like at our actual draw jobs together for the past like year and a half. And so like we, he, he's, he's definitely my, my, I guess you could say like best friend in life. That's for sure. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Like that genuine, like that genuinely is incredible. That's something, that's a story that you should brag about and tell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly pretty nice, you know, like, Going going through high school, you know, not really, not too many kids like really messed with NASCAR and racing and stuff like that. And so, like, you know, some of them would be like, "Look at this like loser watching NASCAR video recaps and stuff like that." But I would be able to come home and be like, "Yo, did you like? Did you see what happened at the race?" Like yada yada yada. And he'd be like, "Yeah, like this crazy." And so like he he is like I don't know like maybe like. Oh, maybe 30, 35 years older than me, but like he's he's definitely uh, he's definitely been my best friend for my whole life. That's for sure. So so question: have, have you been a NASCAR fan for for years? Like is that like as a as a fan basis? Have you been a fan? Uh yeah. So um, like I said earlier, we me and my dad would kind of like just watch the the cup races and stuff like that over the weekends before I actually started racing and. Um, I didn't really know that I wanted to make racing an actual, I guess you could say, like, career until I was 12 when I was running Legends. Um, and then when that happened, they were like, all right, time for late models. Like, we need to move you up to the ranks as quickly as possible. And, um, but yeah, I mean, NASCAR has always, has always been my niche, I guess you could say. Um, I, uh, I had the chance to, to do some open wheel driving not too long ago, but, um, you know, I'm one of those dudes where Rubin's racing. Like, if we can't, you know, touch bumpers and you know, slam doors a little bit, you know, it's not, it's not the same thing. So I, uh, I didn't really look too much into it, and I was like, I'm putting, you know, 100 percent of my focus into NASCAR. So, so as a kid, were you a Jeff Gordon or a Tony Stewart fan? Because I feel like it's got to be one of the two, right? It was Jeff Gordon, actually. Okay. okay. My, my dad was actually a Tony Stewart fan, so me and him would kind of like just always make fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rainbow Warrior all the way. <laughs> uh, you either you either loved Gordon or you hated him. Um. All right, so I'm going to pass the mic off for a second to anybody who wants to ask old Chris a question at this point in his life because now we're starting to get into like the last two or three years. I've got two. All right, so Gordon aside, who was your role model in NASCAR? Or just racing in general? Who is the guy that stuck out to you that you're just like, damn, I want to be just like him? Besides Jeff Gordon, um, in the racing industry, there's uh, there's this one gentleman I met when I was 13. Um, me and my – his name was Scott Neal. He does a lot with late models. Um, Dalton Armstrong drove for him. Uh, Daniel Hemmick drove for him. Um but anyways, I was I was 13 at the time, looking like, you know, an eight-year-old pretty much. And I, me and my dad walked into his shop, and my dad was talking to him. You know, he did a lot of the talking back then. And what, what we were trying to do is, like, trying to figure out a deal with him to have him set up my late models. And he, uh, he was talking to my dad, and, like, I'd walk around the shop looking at everything, and he'd kind of, like, you know, turn around, making sure I wasn't, like, hurting myself, I guess you could say. And finally, at the end... He was like, so when do you plan on racing? And then my dad was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, when's, when do you plan on getting in the seat? And my dad's like, I'm not getting in the seat. He is. And then, like, his head, like, turned sideways real quick. And so uh, I don't know what he was saying at the time, but we uh, 
we connected really good. This man is is a genius, and his his passion for racing is incredible. We uh, my first late model win. We were at Anderson Speedway, and he was spotting for me. And I was still kind of learning about you know the more short track stock car racing. And he was like, the dude in front of me wasn't cutting me any slack. Like I was faster than him, but every time I'd like get my bumper at his left rear, he'd like kind of chop me off. And so finally Scott was like, all right, we got to move him, but we can't turn him. And I was like, how do you do that? <laughs> so, uh one lap went by and we went into turn three and he's like you're three feet away make it two feet and then we went into turn three again and he's like two feet away and went to turn three again he's like one foot away then finally went to turn three one more time and i was right on his bumper and i moved him up just like a car length and then scott was like attaboy and he's like he's like dig so i got going and yeah we ended up winning the race and it was pretty cool and i i remember that like it was yesterday just hearing him on the radio say that stuff but, how old were you there? I was 13. It w- okay, how old was the guy you moved? Was he like an adult? Oh, I have no idea, but yeah, he was definitely Did he like <laughs> did he approach you? He's like, "Listen here, young and No, he didn't approach me, but I I promise you a lot of people hated me in lay models. They were probably Really? Yeah. Were, were you dirty? Was I dirty? No, it's just like I was like like cuz like around here the lay models like the local lay model scene, I guess you could say, they're more like I think the next youngest driver was probably 18. And okay. a lot of the other ones were like either 30, 40s, like doing it as like more of a, I guess you could say hobby. Um, yeah. But they were just like, look at this little kid like coming in here. Like he doesn't belong here pretty much. And um, then you go out there and win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but God is so, somebody worked for after I got out of the seat. He was the one who kind of took me in and gave me a job working on late models. Um, and that was a great time, I guess you could say, in my racing career because I was able to learn a lot about setting up the cars instead of just driving them. Do you feel like is that there... helps you? Do you feel like that helps you to, uh, like, explain, like, uh, Friday night, or, or, yeah, Friday night last week, do you feel like working on those cars back then helped you for that race? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, we were actually really tight on exit, uh, the uh, the first couple laps, and the stage break came, and he made he put some turns in the in the rear, and but like I'd come on the radio, and I I was like breaking the corner down into ten parts. I'm tight from like six through ten, more gradually once we get to ten. Like so, like when you're able to work on the cars and see how they work and also be on the radio the whole time while the you know crew chief's talking to the driver and the driver's talking to the crew chief you're able to learn a lot of like i guess you say lingo and and how to describe things and um the second time josh made an adjustment i was like on a scale from one to ten how aggressive was the adjustment and he was like probably about a three and so like that kind of helped me judge on on what to expect you know going back out into the track and stuff like that but yeah the, the more you can work on the cars it definitely definitely helps a lot being driver go ahead coop well cody cody took my question that's what i was gonna oh, did I? but i'll just ask a different one yeah so <laughs> um over the weekend while you were there is there anyone that you ran into that you were like holy shit it's that person is there anyone that stuck out you were just like wow i'm standing directly in front of this person um I don't think you're a bad guy if you say no for the record. Yeah. No, not at all. I mean, not really. I, I've attended a lot of 
a, a lot of truck races uh, this following year. And so, like, I was kind of able to, like, get near people and stuff like that. Um, I will say uh, the coolest thing was when Carson Hosebar was lapping me, we came out of the turn, and this man stuck his hand out the window and waved, like, saying thank you. And I was like, <laughs> like this is a good dude right here. I was like, <laughs> you know, and y'all, y'all strike a eerily similar resemblance, too. Do we? I mean, Very. I think you do. I, yes. I think you do. Yes. <laughs> do what? I said my hair is better, though, right? Uh, yes, your okay, hair yeah, definitely yeah, is better. You've got, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got the mane. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the show right now. Um, so uh, let's move forward a little bit. So you you decide to join this NASCAR Twitter world, right? And this is where I, Dalton's probably going to take over a little bit because he's our Twitter celebrity on the show. Um, yeah. Why, when, how, where did this notoriety that Chris Hacker has in the NASCAR Twitter community come from? So it all started like two days before my Arca Charlotte race. Uh, I was chilling in my room, uh, my hotel room. And I, I, I always drink Red Bull. I, I shouldn't, but you know, it kind of like just gets me going in the morning and stuff like that. But um, I was like, I was like, Hey, Red Bull, how many retweets for you to sponsor me? And then, like, I wake up the next morning, and it had, like, it had, like, 100,000, like, impressions and stuff like that. And I gained, like, 1,500 followers. I went from, like, 200 followers to, like, 1,500 followers, like, within a week. And I was, like, what is going on here? And then, but the the thing that's, like, kind of, like, kept it going and built it even more, I don't even know how many I'm at right now. I know it's 3,000 plus, but uh, it's just, like, interacting with all the fans, you know, like, they... They always say that not too many drivers really do it, and I'm not really sure why. Because like you know, liking their tweets and responding back, stuff like that, it, it puts like a smile on my face if that makes sense. So like, just being able to interact with them and and talk to them and put a smile on their face and have them put a smile on my face is definitely a, a plus in the NASCAR Twitter community for sure. I see on Twitter a bunch of people are like genuinely happy that they got your hero card. Like you, that card comes out and it's signed by you. Like people are so happy to have I those. Got, I got a whole stack over there that I got to sign before tomorrow night. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love it though. Like it's. I really when I was like when I was out of the sea, um, in between like sixteen and twenty and stuff, I I I kind of like sat down with myself and I was like, you know, I really might like never be a NASCAR driver type thing. So I uh. This this stuff right here is a dream come true to have all these people support me and stuff like that. It's definitely a blessing. That's awesome, man. Yeah, because you're you're right. We don't have a lot of drivers that like to interact with fans. We just need more people like that, and that's that's why a lot of people like you because you always take the time to talk to fans, react, and it's just amazing to see. Now, one question I want to ask you: Your favorite tweets are always the bone apple tea. Uh, the bone apple tweet uh, tea tweets that you send every day. Uh, you know, you take a picture of food, you say bone apple tea. Uh, is there a little backstory to that? Like, where did that come from? So me, I started hanging out with my friends. I guess you could say a lot more once I got out of the sea, and we'd go out to dinner and stuff sometimes. And I would just sit there and I'd be like, mm, "Bone apple tea," and they'd be like, "What you?" Say? <laughs> And I'm like, no, it's like, it's bone apple teeth. And so like, I would just say that every now and then just being like goofy. And then I started tweeting it. And then, like you said, those tweets started becoming like the favorites. And 
they were just like everybody started loving it and so i was like i guess i have to like you know make this a a tradition i guess and so like you know every time i'm eating dinner i'm always like bone apple teeth and i actually couldn't do it tonight i had taco bell earlier but i left my key for the shop inside here so my dad had to drive out here and so i was just like sitting in the car eating my taco bell and i was like this would be a bad (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so like i just i started tweeting it and sharon i'm pretty was that sharon bassin that just commented yeah it was bro so the biscuits and gravy are my favorite obviously and like a couple days ago this is my mom's like best friend my mom my dad sharon and her husband were out having breakfast and they all texted me a picture of biscuits and gravy and they're like bone apple teeth and i'm like you guys (laughs) (laughs) we're starting a trend yeah but i was like how are y'all gonna eat biscuits and gravy without me i was like that was a slap in the face i know hey shout shout out what happened yesterday too you got you got a big big little spike there from it yesterday (laughs) yeah most definitely (laughs) shout out biscuits and gravy honestly while we're talking about it best best meal All right. Actually, oh, man, this is like my time to shine living in the South. This is when I get flamed the hardest. I absolutely despise biscuits and gravy. What about chicken and waffles? That's I mean, that's fine. I think it's just dumb, too. Uh, But when it comes down to it, I think that biscuits and gravy are a just a travesty of a meal. Oh, my God. I'm not so, going to say anything. Follow Cody on everything. After. Yeah, that, and that's I get it. I, I mean, I'm from the <laughs> South. It, it's fine. I can't be mad. Oh man, I'm, I'm so, not. Hey, listen. Uh, so, if you ever go to Bristol, Chris, we got to get you the pals, and then you got to do your famous bone apple tea. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Uh, you got to try some hot dogs. Got to try some sweet tea. Uh, Chatter around for breakfast. If you want to get some, they do have biscuits and gravy there as well. And a lot of people like that. So just in person, bone apple teeth in it. Yeah. Shout out, mom. She fell. And we need to broadcast live. We need to, if we ever get into pals, we got to make that live. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One million percent. You'll be screaming bone apple teeth from the mountains. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. I will go ahead and give you a heads up. You will have to take a number two, 35, 35 to 40 minutes after. It is not. It is not. T- no, do not scare it. Pals, oh, that's okay. only your messed up digest. Jacob, you don't have an appendix. So why don't hey. you not give anybody any advice? Fair enough. Fair enough. Debbie's dropping some news. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Come to the Bristol race and we got you, dog. You can get some Tennessee biscuits and gravy. Okay, that sounds like a plan for me. <laughs> so, so moving uh, past uh, the Twitter explosion with your popularity, now talk us through like the last six months of your life and leading up to last Friday. So, um, man, I don't even know where to begin. When was six months ago? That would have been, if my math is right, uh, February. February. Okay, so... February, um, I I believe that was the test session for Daytona. I'm correct. Uh, I was supposed to run Daytona in the ARCA car, and I ended up coming down with COVID during the test session, which automatically opted me out of that. And so that was honestly pretty rough. I was pretty upset about it. Um, but that opened the door for me to run Charlotte, which would have been the end of May. And I was able to get a top 10 there, which I was- now would that have been your first super speedway run Daytona? Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, and so I ran Charlotte, got top 10 
And then, you know, we planned on making a truck start. Things didn't really go that well. Um, so I was kind of like out of the out of the sea, like a free free agent or whatever, I guess you could say. Um, and then uh, this awesome man named uh, Nate DM'd me on Instagram once. And he's like, hey, man, next time you're in Charlotte, let's uh, let's like connect and talk a little bit. And um he is actually one of the agents that works for me right now um, who kind of handles everything for me. And I honestly cannot explain enough how much this man is a blessing in disguise for me. He, uh, he has done so much for me. He's made my life a lot easier behind the scenes, I guess you could say. Um, it was actually, we were supposed to run for on point motorsports for gateway. Um, but their second number couldn't get in due to points. And so that's when, you know, he started making every phone call that he could. And then he got a hold of Josh Rayum. And thankfully, Josh uh, stepped out of his own truck to let me compete. And so that was pretty awesome. But, um, I mean, even if I if I did have that uh, ride for On Point locked in myself, because he's the one who introduced me to, to Bones uh, over at On Point. But even if I did have that locked in myself, I would not have had the connections or the time to figure out a second team. And so shout out to him on that one. Um, as far as leading up to, to World Party, you know, there was uh, just a lot of, you know, simulator time going on. Um, they had no practice, no qualifying. So it was pretty much hop in a race, just like, just like your go-karting i guess pretty much so when when did this deal um as far as like time timeline goes uh i'm a big timeline guy i don't know if you've caught on to that yet when did all of this start falling into into play for you so like when did you have an idea that you might have been running at gateway that would have been sometime like mid the early last month i want to say so this was fast yeah this was really fast and then like we we didn't know that i couldn't run for on point until uh like the thursday like like a like a week and two days before the race holy shit yeah so like this was like yeah it was like because the last day to sign up was like thursday and then we saw that 40 cars were entered. And then so, like, we – he started making – not not we. I, I – he – yeah. <laughs> like, not, not we. <laughs> Nate, Nate started, like, just making phone calls and got a hold of Josh. And, uh, yeah, it was just, like, last-minute deal. Like, I, I went and met Josh, like – I want to say like the Tuesday before the race, like that was the first time I ever went out there, talked to the team. Um, we were at, I helped them wrap the car and stuff. I hung out with them. You know, we ate pizza. It was a, it was a blast. They're great people out there. So Fun. did you carry your sponsors that you had lined up from the on point over to this race? Yes. Yeah, we did. Okay. They, they were, they were really cool with it. Um, thankfully they, they understood, you know, we kind of explained the whole, how the point system works and everything. Um, but yeah, this, a lot of it was really, really, really last minute. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like shout out to Nate, man. It like, I, if, even if I did put the on point deal together myself, I 
definitely know I wouldn't have able to to find a second team to drive for in that. So how does that phone call go? Is that like, hey, I've got the don't don't take disrespect by this, but hey, I have this kid here. He's never ran in a truck before. Can he drive yours? I you know that that's a question for Nate, man. I really I I really don't know. Um he he just he was like he called me like Thursday night and he's like, yo, like bad news, the number can't get in. And I was like, uh, okay. But then he's like, this man, he's, he's always so positive. He's like, don't worry, man. We'll figure it out. Like, like you have nothing to worry about. Like we got this. And then, but I feel like in your head though, at that point, like, I feel like your gut just sinks, right? Like, I, you know, I, I honestly wasn't worried, bro. Cause everything Nate has told me. <laughs> oh, I, so Nate's a real one, bro. He's a G. Like, let me tell you, like, <laughs> enough, man. This dude is. We should have had Nate on instead of you. Honestly, bro. Honestly, <laughs> this man, this man is literally a blessing to me. But like, he was like, "Don't worry about it. Like, we got, like, I'll figure it out. We got this handled. Yada yada." And then he was like, he was like, "I got to figure it out. Be at this address on this day at this time." And you'll meet Josh. And I was like, okay. So these these expenses, are they coming out of your pocket? Or is it sponsor? Who's paying for you to fly out and meet this team? Since it's last minute, is this something you're booking up yourself? I was what? actually in Charlotte for a whole month. Because uh, we did like a promo video um, where uh, that video, I was sitting there and I was like, my name's Chris Hacker. I'm making my NASCAR. Yeah, game. yeah. Yeah, that, that we did earlier in the month but yeah i was in charlotte for a whole month and that was coming out of my pocket um i'm uh, you know the sponsors they help tremendously right now um but yeah there's still some things that come out of my own pocket um you know we just got to kind of work you know kind of building my brand a lot more you know proving myself a little bit and then and then being able to to collect more expenses i guess you could say but um but yeah, I was already in Charlotte, so I didn't need to fly out there. I just had to drive over there. And I actually I drove to Charlotte, which for being a race car driver, I hate road trips, honestly, so much. I I cannot stand just like cruising on an interstate for like ten hours. It's just like not even ten hours. It was like eight and a half, but still I was just like, uh You're you're sounding like Cody <laughs> and me. Cody and me were just talking about People on the road, and I wish so much that I could uh, get up under their bumper and just turn them into a guardrail. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot of people. I wish I had a spotter telling me to move them out my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goofy. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you, everything pans out, and you get the the thumbs up hey you are driving this truck and it, it was a big weekend for that team in particular correct me if i'm wrong but they also had a seat for the first driver with autism yep yes that is correct his name that's incredible yeah his name's armani he's a really he's a really cool dude actually uh i met him uh at the i want to say toledo arca race maybe last year yeah it was last year um and so i actually met him before uh we even raced together and he, he's a really cool dude i i enjoy talking to him a lot i do gotta grab my charts a little quick though i apologize you're good um dude, you're good. this is where i'll do a uh, a sponsored piece uh here's a sponsored piece for left turn cool um 
Sponsored by Left Turn Cult. We're brought to you by Bare Bones Barbecue. <laughs> Wait, uh, what, what was the one from a couple weeks ago? Oh, uh, Depart- Department of Homeland Security. Department of Homeland Security. Yeah. No, no, we're Thanks to them. By Dalton? <laughs> no, like me. Kind of like us. You know, like oh, yeah. Me. You know, I'm, I'm a proud sponsor of uh, Left Turn Cult. Shout out as much Cole as Chris Turbo. loves his Red Bull, that man needs to get Red Bull racing back in the sport. And yes, we let's. He, I don't know if he can hear us or not, but let's bully him into. Oh, hey, buddy, what's up? Hey, I'm, <laughs> I I did hear you, and we actually, uh, one of the fans when I tweeted that Red Bull tweet actually literally emailed Red Bull and was like, "Yo, I don't know if you see." Yeah, it was like some random like fan. I was like, "What?" Dude. And he DM'd me, and I probably still have the DM, but they responded back. They were like, Red Bull has, like, a team that looks out for drivers. They don't really accept inquiries. They find their their own drivers and stuff like that. So I don't know, I don't know if Red Bull is going to be coming back to NASCAR anytime soon, but if they do, I You know what, though? That wasn't a no. It I was, never heard the word no. There, no, there was there was not a no in there. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe sometime in the future, you know? That hey, I, I hope that you yeah I need Red Bull racing back. Um, real quick, we do have our sponsor. It's Fat Dave's Barbecue and Wings. <laughs> that's, but that's my I, I, yeah. I do not want the sponsorship until I get the wings. Well, the good. Food, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I need the, I need those wings. I've been hearing about these wings since what February, Dalton. Well, when you guys yeah. come over to Bristol, come over to Bristol on Sunday, and then. Oh, Chris, maybe we should send you some, and you can make your Bone Apple Tea uh, tweet there, too. Oh, heck yeah, I'll definitely. Ooh. My dad makes, like, I can't even describe, like, how much barbecue he makes. Like, every single, like every day he sends me Snapchats of him cooking something. It's always ribs, wings. Uh, he has a garden out back. Like, he makes a lot of corn. Uh, he did make, like, a zucchini, I think. Uh, it's, I have to go get dinner for the second time now after talking about this. Yeah, it's, <laughs> now, now, see, when we're talking southern food, to me, the premier southern food is barbecue. Nothing yeah. touches southern barbecue. You're right. Uh, you know, something that I did want to bring up. What was it it's like? A throwback when... story back from my childhood. Okay. That okay. comment. I need a rose. I was going to say, wait, that's not summer. That's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you <laughs> that's a throwback there. All right. So, anyway, go ahead, Jacob. Uh, something that I was going to say. What was it? What was your uh, immediate reaction when the power decided just to bonk out uh, at Gateway? <laughs> the power steering? No, the power. Like the actual, like the actual power. Wait, the, the power? Oh, the lights. Oh, yeah, yeah, Gateway. Bro, I ran my tinted visor at Gateway actually because I forgot my <laughs> And bro, I started walking around. I was asking. I was asking everybody. I was like, I was like, bro, I'll pay top dollar for a clear visor. Like, please, somebody, somebody <laughs> has to have one. And they were like, we don't. They were like, we don't run that helmet. And I was like, okay. I was even asking the IndyCar teams. Like, literally <laughs> everybody in the pits, bro. I was like, top dollar, a lock of my hair, and a shout out on Twitter, bro. I was like, for a clear visor, please. And they were like, they're like, we don't have it. And so I ran my tinted visor and the lights went out and, you know, the spotter and Josh were really cool. They're like, they were pretty chill. Um, like I had to, I had to pee mid race and I was like, 
I was like, Josh, I think we're going to have to get a new suit. Like, i got to pee really badly. And he was like, it's okay. Like, I already did the race before. And I was like, I was like don't say that. But uh, I went on the radio when it happened. And I was like, man, I was like, i got a tin advisor on. And I can still see. I was like, let's just run this thing. I was like, come on. And <laughs> so we came down pit lane and parked. And I just started, you know, making phone calls to everybody that's, you know, like pretty important to me. Uh, you know, just telling him how much of a blast I'm having and, and all that stuff. So, but yeah, I was wanting to keep going, man. I was ready. Like I would have just like, you know, maybe like put it up a little bit down the back stretch if I needed to, but, but yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised. Apparently it's happened before. So, so, I mean, I don't, I don't really know about that one, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too, too big of a problem, but yeah, I was, I was ready to just keep it going. I had no problem with it. I bet. I, I feel like the that. adrenaline. <laughs> When you first started up that truck after getting the command, how much adrenaline was flowing through you? So we did driver intros and uh, we were down by the truck and uh, I was like sitting there kind of looking at the truck and, you know, just kind of like looking back and forth and like just chilling. And I won't lie. I started the, I started crying a little bit. It was, it was pretty crazy. Is that when it hit you? Yeah, like I was chilling all day. Like, like it doesn't really usually hit me until right before the race. But yeah, that's when it like really, really hit me. I was like, "Holy crap!" Like this is like actually happening right now. And so I started tearing up. My brother was right next to me. He's like, "Yo!" Like he's like, "It's not like you're just here." He was like, "You deserve this and all that stuff." And then I was like, "It made me cry a little bit more." I was oh, like, like, I was like, "Stop <laughs> saying that!" Like. I was like, get out of here. And then uh, I walked out there, and it was me and one of the crew members. And they were doing the national anthem and stuff like that. I was still kind of tearing up a little bit, but I had the sunglasses on, so I'm pretty sure he noticed, though, because he kept, like, kind of, like, moving his eyeballs a little bit towards me. And so finally I started, like, putting, like, the heat shields on my feet and put my gloves on. My dad, I saw my dad at the wall, and I walked up to him. I gave him a hug. And me and him, like, just broke down right there. And, oh, man. You're going to make me yeah, cry. Yeah, You're going to make me cry like, telling the I'm story. Tearing <laughs> yeah, I'm tearing like, up right now. Like, he was like, he's, he's like, go get him. Like, like you're, he's like, I don't know what he said exactly. But he was like, go get him, bud. And But, like, I could hear, like, the crackle in his voice. And then so that's when I, like, broke down. And I was like, thank you. And then, like, when I broke down, he broke down even more. And I was like. It was it was surreal, like it was pretty crazy. But you know, once you like, once you, I won't lie, like I hopped in the truck, we were making the pace laps. I was like, I was like hyping myself up, like screaming my helmet. I was like, let's go, like all that stuff. And but once like the green flag drops, it's like a whole, whole new demeanor, and like it's pretty much a whole new person, I guess you could say. You know, you just you you kind of go into like the work mode, and and you just go out there and do what you need to do, pretty much. So before yeah. anything unfortunate happened in the race, uh, how were you feeling leading up to, of course, you know, the, well, it was an oil line, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. An oil line ruptured, but I was, I was loving it, man. My, uh, I want to say Nate said I passed like seven cars in six laps. I was, I was like out there just like booking it. I was like, man, this, this, I was like, this is awesome right now. And then the, I like I couldn't tell at first because the tinted visor, but like I was like it's a little bit harder to see right now, and so like I I flipped it up for a second and I was like, 
I was like, it's smoky in here. I was like, it is, I was like, it should not be like this. And so I came in, or well, at first he was like, what's the water temp? What's the oil temp? Oil pressure? All that. And he's like, you got. So when you radio in, are you like, hey, it's it's fogging up in here? Yeah, I was like, I was like, hey, it's smoky in the cockpit. And then he started asking me what all the temps and pressures were, and uh, the oil pressure was too low, and so that's how he knew I needed to come in, and. When I came in, um, uh, I was like, I was like, you know, it's okay. Like, I know I'm going to go laps down, but you know, like it's okay. And then they pushed me behind the wall. And then that's when I like, kind of like put my head down and I was like, I was just like sitting there kind of like bouncing my leg and like twiddling my thumbs. And I was like, man, I really can't believe my first race is going to end after like 13 laps. And, uh, Nate came up to me and he's like, I promise you, you're going back out. And what actually happened is the owner of the, um, the team he works for called him when that happened was like, you make sure he gets back out there. Like we're, we're making him get back out there. And so Dude, like, Nate they, in his magic words, bro, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, Nate, Nate was like, was like, y'all better make it happen. Like we got to figure out a way to get this dude back out here. So like I went like, like 25 or something laps down like but the it was like i was completely fine with it like i i, I felt like we could have got a pretty good position if that didn't happen um but it's just one of those things where like I, at least i was still able to go out there and learn a lot about the track and the trucks so um but yeah i mean like you said i was running great lap times so um you know i would have been somewhat competitive but it's just uh one of those things we got to look past it and move on to the next one pretty much I've got a comment here from some rebel883 said, Hey, Chris, I want to say thanks again for giving me the command to start my engines in my league. <laughs> no problem, man. I enjoyed that. So that, that right there, that's the kind of interaction that you get. And I feel like that's what also, um, not only am I a fan of racing, right? You know, just the aspect of cars going fast, the aerodynamics that go, you know, just the whole science behind racing. But I'm also really interested in the marketing aspect of racing. And I feel like that's one thing about you that you do so well. You are a very marketable guy. You're very well liked. And I mean, I'm sure you probably have somebody who's like always chirping in your ear on Twitter, just some hater for no reason. Uh, I feel like everybody has those, but you're so marketable in that regard. Uh, And I mean, I've me and Coop, we met you down in Nashville during uh, Nashville Super Speedway. Um, You're you genuinely you're a likable guy. Um, do you feel like that is something that is natural for you? Or do you feel like maybe at a younger age, you realize, Hey, if I want to be a race car driver, I have to do fan outreach. I have to like be this likable guy. Where, where did you develop your personality? So, uh, as I was growing up, you know, it was always kind of like, I don't want to say like pounded in my head, but I was told a lot, you know, like you got to stay humble. Like no matter like where you go, what you do, like if you're not humble, nobody's going to like you. So it, it just starts out with like, you know, being humble and don't think like you really deserve anything. Like you don't deserve the fans or you don't deserve, you know, the sponsors or the, or the rides or anything like that. So I think that's definitely kind of where it starts. Um, you know, props to my parents for raising me like that and stuff, but it's just like, it, it's a plus interacting it de- like it definitely is but it's not really something that i make 
certain to do is it's just kind of like what you said more natural for me um you know thank god me and my dad just like run this little shop because like you know i could be in the middle of work and then like spend like 10 minutes on twitter and like he's not really going to care or anything um and so like because like i'm not gonna lie like the social media aspect it's it's like a it's like a second job like sometimes i'm spending like almost constant hours like depending on how active the twitter is um, I'm sure I'm gonna have a lot of tweets uh, to look out look at after this. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things that come naturally and and it, it, it puts a smile on my face, like I said earlier, so I, I love to do it for sure. And that, I think that's yeah, interesting. I, oh, we all go go ahead, Coop. <laughs> this is all you. I've been talking for a long time. I was just gonna say, yeah, you had brought him over to me when we were hanging out in Nashville, and I'd never even heard of Chris. And then we just hung out, and just clicked. Like I thought he was cool as shit. Never talked to the guy, didn't know who he was, just hanging out, having a great time. And I was like, damn, this, that's cool as shit. He was just humble, just Wait, kind as could be. You guys met in Nashville. I thought you guys met in Atlanta. No, it was Nashville. Nashville. Oh, you guys, you guys met in Nashville. Okay. All right, so that's what I. Yeah, you you could have been there if you if your appendix didn't decide to yeah, go out on you. Hey, yeah. Marv could have been there too if he wasn't stuck on the damn street. <laughs> it, yeah, if Marv was, yeah, okay, what, well, whatever. What I could have been there too, but oh, dad wasn't lost. <laughs> what what I was going to say was is like they uh, we got done and I remember a conversation. It might have been just out of the hospital. Cody was telling me about you and. Uh, they were like, yeah, he's super down to earth. I'm going to tell you, man, in the first, where are we at, 52 minutes right now? Yeah. yeah. Dude, dude, down to earth. Awesome dude. I can sit here and say that. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. It's been, it's been great talking to you. Sure. I appreciate that a lot. And I, I think our generation and, you know, this upcoming generation of drivers, you know, from here on out, it's an added pressure with social media, right? I mean, you know, let's throw it back to the – the start of NASCAR and we can go all the way up into the, the mid 2010s, you know, social media presence hasn't always been a big aspect of NASCAR, obviously because NASCAR's age demographic typically isn't going to be on Twitter for the most part. You know what I mean? So this is a whole new realm that you, not only drivers, but even people in NASCAR media are starting to experience and you have fan people are becoming fans. I love and hate NASCAR Twitter at the same time. Um, it, you know, it has its days and anybody in the community can firmly, you know, back that and say, yeah, you're right. Um, but there are so many new walks of life coming into the sport strictly due to Twitter. Um, NASCAR Facebook is a little rough, to be honest. Um, I don't really venture <laughs> NASCAR Facebook, but NASCAR Twitter is just a totally new walk of life entering a sport. And it is because of guys like you who are doing that outreach, you know, and I mean, even now this year, more so than ever before, Denny Hamlin is really stepping up like his Twitter game, for example. Mm-hmm. So you know, we have a lot of guys like that who are starting to like push this boundary, social media, love it or hate it. It's here to stay. Oh yeah, most definitely. So I don't know if we could post that comment there, by the way, <laughs> which one? Well, it went away. Yeah, it did. It Ooh, away. Cody's magic. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway, um, you so you finish your race and you climb out. Where is your first like train of thought? A. One more time. You just climbed out of the truck after the race is over. Mm-hmm. What's your first train of thought climbing out of that truck? Uh, 
first thing was I had to hit the porta potty because I had to pee really badly. Uh, that was <laughs> the first thing on my mind. Um, so you did hold it the whole time. I did hold. It. Well, I actually went during the red flag. Okay. Go again at the end, and you're just staying hydrated. I respect yeah, it. You should have seen me, man. Like Pedialyte's water bottles, like all. <laughs> I was like, I'm not falling today, but. Uh, but yeah, I hit the porta potty and then um, I hugged my mom and like I talked to people for about like five seconds, literally. And I went and I laid down on the wall. Um, I was just so beat. Like I was, I won't lie, I was like kind of dizzy after after like trying to drive like that much um, under power or without power steering. And so I laid down. I was like, somebody give me a water. And they're like, we don't have any more. And then my mom had her like her own little water bottle and I just like, I laid down. And I like just dumped it all over my head. And I kind of like just sat there and I took some deep breaths. And then I I walked back to the trailer, and I sat down. And I uh I don't race with like pants on. I just I like have my boxers on. I guess boxers in my shirt, and I mean socks of course too. But I I got I got in the trailer. I was like. Y'all care if I take this suit off and like chill in my boxers for a second? I was like, I need to cool off, and they were like, they're like, it's cool, man. Like we understand. And I was like, okay, sweet. So like I'm sitting there like in the like little driver's area, like just kicked back in my boxers and I'm aching in the AC. I was like, man, this feels amazing right now. And shades of Maddie D. Oh man. But yeah, and then like. It didn't really hit me that it happened. Uh, I want to say like like Sunday, I was driving home and I was like listening to some music, and then like I started like hyping myself up again. I was like, I was like, let's go. I was like, holy crap! Like, like that actually like happened. Like I actually just raced in the truck race. Yada yada yada. And, like, every now and then, like, I'll be playing some music and, like, a really good song will come on and I'll just be driving down the road and, like, I'll still do it, like, like even this late in the week. I'm just, like, I'm just, like, yeah, you know, like, this is awesome, yada, yada, yada. But um, it was crazy, man. Like, like I said earlier, when I was I, – I thought I was going to be a NASCAR driver before I was, like, 16 getting out of the sea. But once I got out of the sea, I actually, like, kind of I guess they come to the realization of like you know this isn't gonna happen and I kind of accepted it back then and so like it's it's crazy man it's crazy that that it's that it's happened and that it's going to continue to happen so I I really couldn't be more blessed for it so I want to rewind back to something that you said a little (laughs) while ago uh you were talking about when you were younger and um, those kids who would be like, look at this loser watching NASCAR highlights. How many of those people texted you after it? And they're like, hey, man, congratulations. Bro, Good bro, job. I, I always believed in you. I knew you'd be here. That shit I, always I was, happens. I was actually talking about this to my mom the day of the race. And, you know, there was a lot of kids who, like, made fun of me more about my, like, my arm growing up. And... It didn't really get to me, like, you know, kids, like, can be ruthless, you know, I don't, I'm not, like, sit in my bed all night, and I'm just, like, uh, like, I don't despise those people anymore or anything like that, but when I posted my debut video, so many people came out of the woodworks, like, that I haven't talked in years, and... Do you congrats. have a personal Facebook that's just yours? 
No, I do not. Oh, I was about because that's usually where those people show up the most. Respect. At. Yeah, I respect it's good that. If you don't have one. It was uh, I. So I got a new number um, not too long ago. Um, I have my my old phone right here, and I still have it up just in case like some important people happen to message me within like the next two months. And it was blowing up like my old number was, and you know that's kind of like I was probably one of those guys. In all fairness. Hey, me too. <laughs> I think I actually have it because it wasn't that long ago. Oh, no. I shot you something and said, good luck. Yeah. I see Cooper texting me. Yeah. But like literally so many people was like, like people that I haven't even talked from since like sophomore year. Yeah. They were just oh, like, oh, yeah, like they like see my video on Instagram and they're like, yo, like, this is crazy. And I'm like, I'm like, thanks, bro. Like, I appreciate it. It's a dream come true, yada, yada, yada. But I'm just like, where were y'all like back when like y'all were calling me like a loser type stuff? <sighs> like, you know, it's just like, I get it, you know, like, but still, it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring my day ones up with me, I guess you could say. Right. And that, that has to be like, that has to be way better than you like saying anything to them at all. Just kind of like leaving them on red or just being like, thanks. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I mean, you, you probably could go on some big long spiel about how, you know, they don't have the right or, you know, just if you couldn't starve with me, then you can't eat lobster with me now. That is one of my favorite personal sayings. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you got a lot of people who the moment you start making it, they start sliding into them DMs. And you know, honestly, I am nowhere near like to the level of success that you found. But we talked about when, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when I got picked up to go on the tour with the garage guys, I, I know you remember them, Chase and Dell. Um, when we when I got picked up for that, bro, I had people messaging me who I hadn't talked to in like three or four years. And it's not like I'm like gonna be on TV. It's just I made a post that I was gonna be traveling across America doing some media shit and everybody's just like hey man how you been i'm like pretty good now you know (laughs) (laughs) glad you cared two weeks ago exactly (laughs) so i I feel like you know no matter what level of success you reach you're always gonna have that one person who used to make fun of you trying to like weasel in and i think that's one thing you know that's the most important is like always keep the garden clean you gotta look out for the snakes Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's like the weird part about it too is like we're like I'm at the age now where like people actually I guess you could say like start maturing. And so like you don't really know if like they're just saying that or if they like kinda I guess you say like actually like grew up now and like right you know, yeah. like you know, they need to start acting like an adult, I guess you could say, but it's like you know, I, I was able to mature at a pretty young age. Like I was running with adults when I was thirteen. It's so, like hanging out with them, I was able to, you know, I guess get that mature mindset. But it's just like just yeah, it's just one of those things where you just look back on it and you're just like, you know, I, I still do remember that. Okay, and I, I think that's more than fair for you to always remember that. Yeah. I think that's other people's problems is they think that they think that people People have memories and like yeah. that shit is just not noodling around there. Like there's there's yeah. some stuff I'll be making food or something like that, and there'll be something that somebody said to me 10 years ago, and I'm like, you know what? I hope they had a bad day. Straight <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hope anything terrible happened to He's them, like, you know. 
not care if I'm mixing this pizza sauce right now. I hope they had a the bad day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and sometimes you got to send a little bit of bad juju at people. It is what it is, right? <laughs> So oh, I guess now's the point where we can move forward. I don't want to keep you on too long. So I'm going to try to wrap all this up pretty quick. Um, so you get out, you go to the hauler, you strip down into your boxers, you're chillaxing, you leave the track. Are we going to see you racing again? Uh, Yeah, you'll, you'll definitely see me, see me racing again sometime soon. We got, we got a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, I should say Nate has a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Of course, it's Nate. <laughs> but, Shout out, Nate. Uh, but yeah, we got we got some stuff in the works, trying to figure everything out. Um, but yeah, you'll you'll see me races sometime soon for sure. Okay. Fuck yeah. Um, here's I'm a journalist uh, by nature. Um, is it going to be in a truck or is it going to be in a car? It'll be a truck. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's, like that, that's it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, like I said, I don't want to keep you too late. You've given us an hour of your time, which I've been really grateful for. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. Um, I guess this is the part where I'm going to do a quick little Q and A. Does anybody have any questions for Mister Hacker? Uh, yeah, I do real quick. And this goes out to fans. Anybody who's viewing, uh, shoot in a question real quick. Uh, while we wait for fan questions, uh, I do have one question. Uh, Chris, we were talking before the show. Uh, apparently, you and your dad have like a, a paint shop or a repair shop. So, I'm kind of a, gra- a graphic installer at my work. I install like graphics for moving trucks uh, and also curtain trucks as well. Uh, so, I kind of relate to you there. So, mm-hmm. how did that business start? Uh, you just uh, and what do you do mostly? So, me and my dad actually used to work for somebody at a collision repair shop. Uh, my dad worked there ever since he was like early twenties. He's like fifty five now, fifty six maybe. Um, and so I started working with him about I want to say like a year and a half ago, maybe two years. Um, but uh, you know, we were side by side. Our, our spaces were right next to each other, and he kind of helped me learn, you know, the basics, spreading bondo and pulling dents out and stuff like that. And finally, he was kind of like, you know. I want to do my own thing, I guess you could say. So we, uh, he started looking around for a while, and we found this little shop out in Elwood, Indiana. Um, and pretty much he, he purchased it, and we loaded our toolboxes up and came out here and started working. And it's been slow at first, but uh, we had it for about a month before um, I left for Charlotte. And that would have been the beginning of this month when I left. And we were really slow, actually, like maybe like one car a week, which is really like slow to what we're compared to. Um, And then like the week after I left, he's like, bro, I'm slammed. And like he's he's the only one out here other than me. And he was like, he was like, I just got like eight cars in. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I was like. I was like, hold it down, pops. Tough luck, I'm going. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what you told me for. I was like, I'm nowhere near you. I was like, I'm back to help you work. I was like, I think you're wrong there, buddy. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, we uh, we just we fixed wrecked cars pretty much. Um, it used to be a restoration shop, but we we weren't really interested in getting restoration, but. 
um you know we we pull frames we got a frame rack um we you know sometimes have to chop quarter panels out of a car weld them back in and you know bond them up and paint them uh he does a lot of the bondo work i'll do it with him but he doesn't really know how to paint that well so i do a lot of the painting out here um i had actually had a little dent on my door on my car uh before we officially opened it we had it for about three weeks before we like opened it to the public and uh i fixed it and i fixed it well but i painted it the first time i painted it, the clear coat was about as rough as 80 grit sandpaper so <laughs> I, I, I sanded that back down and i had to paint it again because i broke through the clear coat and when you do that the pot will look like a different color so i yeah in i didn't mix the color right so the door was like a whole like i'm colorblind too and don't don't tell our customers that but <laughs> this car was supposed to be blue while the green <laughs> exactly, bro. no i'm only i'm only colorblind on like shades a little bit thank god okay. so um but yeah so i painted it it was like a whole like three shades lighter gray and so i had to do it a third time the third time it came out well so thank god for that one but yeah, I didn't, even, I didn't even go to school or anything for it. I just kind of, you know, twiddled around here and there, painted like a sign to learn how to clear coat and stuff like that, and then painted my own car. And then, and yeah, just hey, we were just, you know, living day by day right now, just living the dream, I guess you could say. Awesome. What do you drive now? Didn't you drive a Corvette before or something? Uh, that was my father's, but he actually got rid of that before. He, he got rid of it to get the shop pretty much. Uh, but right now I drive a 2015 four-cylinder Mustang. Hey, <laughs> not up my alley, my man. Uh, yeah, it, it, now. it ain't the 5.0, but I will say when the traction control is off, it gets pretty rowdy. <laughs> you got the ego boost, right? You have the ego boost. Yep. Yeah, dude. Yeah, those things got some kick, man. People, they, they Here, let me fix cut. this. Here we go. So that's a running joke on our show. Jacob is obsessed with Ford. You know, I I can't, I can't disagree with that too much. I will say my dad had a power stroke back in 2012 and the in I want to say it was an intake tube for the turbo blew off like every day. It would just pop off. Was it the 6.0? Because those are terrible, man. Yeah, it's, it was 6.0. Yeah. Yeah, those, yeah. But like, yeah. One time it actually happened, like, we were on our way to the racetrack, and it was like, we were running late, and it was like 30 minutes before practice, and it blew off, and we were still probably about, like, 20 minutes away. And I was like, well, now what do we do? And he's like, he's like I don't know. And I was like, well, we need to figure it out. <laughs> we just... I don't know what he did. He he just he did something to it, and it lasted until we got to the track. So I mean, that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I've got your last comment. Your last question, should I say? Are you gonna let your hair your hair grow any longer? Wow. Uh oh yeah. <clears throat> I only cut it like one time this year. And that was earlier in the year. Uh, my hair kind of became a ph- phenomenon on Twitter too. Uh. They, they called us before the ARCA race and was like, you know, give us a little rundown about yourself. Um, if you get TV time, that's what we'll kind of like talk about you on what you tell us. I was like, yeah, man, like I have 
you know, brachial plexus injury, yada, yada, yada. Um, had it since birth. And I was like, I still work like a nine to five, you know, like a normal 21 year old and all that. I get TV time for about like a minute straight, maybe not a minute straight, maybe about 45 seconds straight. And the whole time they were just like, look at that hair. And I was like, I was like, what about my hair? I was like, I was like, what? And then, I'm more than a piece of meat. <laughs> yeah bro but i was just like i was like okay i was like i mean i guess it works like it got me publicity but but yeah so like everybody's loving the hair gonna have to gonna definitely have to grow it out more for sure you know what i think you need oh, as yeah. well i think you need a handlebar mustache to go with the hair bro i'm i'm trying man like i'm i remember you, the stash you, in knox or in uh, nashville you gotta it. shave you it. it you gotta shave it every day I, I, I don't do it every day, but then you gotta like, don't you have to like let it grow up a little bit? Yeah. It doesn't. So here's my thing. I, that's how I got facial hair was I shaved it every single day. I did not have facial hair until I was like 21, really. But it was when I started shaving it every day, it came in. Yes, mustache. You have gotta have that flavor saver. I'm, that's just I'm, there to it. Fuck. I'm gonna have to look <laughs> into that. Bro, because right now I just got like the little Gordon mustache going on. Like it that works too, though. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> that's your man stick with it run with it damn near yeah <laughs> Just, I, I don't know if with your your hair uh the 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 luscious locks i don't know that a mullet would work so you might have to just stick with the mustache with no mullet yeah maybe maybe i could try a mullet in the off season maybe i'll, I'll have to see i'll have to see Do it. I hair so Maybe I'll have to give her a phone call and be like, "It's it's mullet time." It's mullet time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's you you put on your your pit vipers with your mullet and automatic like '90s sex icon. <laughs> but you have to ask Nate before you do it. Nate yeah. is the man. Nate will be like, yeah. "All right, it's a move." No, nope, it's not a move. You're not. I'm doing sure it. Nate will be completely fine with the mullet. I'm you don't sure. need a magic eight ball. You have a Nate. One more time. You you don't need a magic eight ball. You have a Nate. Exactly. A Nate ball. Exactly, honestly. A <laughs> magic Nate. Nate ball. Exactly. Yeah, so what have we learned here today, guys? That Nate is the man. Yup. We need bad. Nate. <laughs> 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 we need a Nate in our group. <laughs> we did. We did. And I texted him. I was like, I was like, can you wait a minute? And he was like, why? And I was like, I'm on a podcast right now. And he's like, I guess. And I was just like... I was like, well, I hope. Nate, I come hope on, Nate. Away. He was like, he was just like, just call me after, and I was like, okay, I hope he's still awake. <laughs> he has like, a <laughs> well, I will let you holler at the boy Nate. Um, Nate is definitely much more important than all of we, all of us. Um, I, I will say that with confidence. Nate's the man. Um, yes, but Chris, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for answering our questions. Hope you had fun. I know we did. Um, do me a favor and plug. Anything you got to plug, it's all this is. I'm handing you the mic, it's your time to shine. So, yeah, my Instagram is Chris underscore hacker. Uh, my Twitter is Chris hacker underscore. My Facebook is Chris hacker motorsport. And you can find all that on uh, my website, which is Chris hacker racing.com. Uh, shout out to ARS Construction, Chard Flag Factory. You know, they are some great supporters that I had at Worldwide Technologies, also Tartar Realty and Adam Soren Company. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I got to plug right now. Oh, right now, yeah, right now. <laughs>
right now. Right now. My wow. investigative journalism, my radar is like do 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 do. Oh, All right, so um, Chris, I guess- get me get me a CHM hat. Put it on the shop, and I'm gonna buy one. We you don't have a hat up yet. I need a hat. We I gotta talk to my mom about that. She runs that. I can probably CHM hat. I'll buy one. I want it. Will if it will be up, it'll be up tomorrow. So be looking. Hey. Oh, hey. Mama works okay. quick. All right. Hey. Like, I'm okay. I'll send you a phone call. your screenshot. I'll say, hey, look, I bought it. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, so <laughs> I guess this is the part where I close the showdown. I brought us into this mess. I'm going to take us out. It's been the left turn, Cole. We were joined here with Chris Hacker. Hacker, man. I, I Honestly, I love the fact that that was on your, uh, your nameplate. I do want oh, to throw yeah. that in there. That That's... Yes. Legend move right there. I, I think we're going to be continuing it, too. Hey. That radar. Yeah, it, it, you have to. You have to. Yep. That's I actually – I ordered a new suit because I, – I, I had to wear Josh's suit because NASCAR came and expected it, and they're like, you can't run this suit. Because apparently they changed the rules this for this year, and I got my suit last year. Aww. And so I had to run Josh's – suit and so i ordered a new one i got back and the name on the belt says Hackerman. so that's beautiful is that why you didn't pee on yourself well one more time is that why you didn't pee on yourself it wasn't your suit <laughs> i mean pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so i have one more question before i now you spike something how much are those suits uh depending on who you go through and what all you get on there uh so let's say just a base model. You don't have to like give your your expenses, but just like a base model. Um, like if I wanted a suit that said, um, one, Cody, the cheapest one that you could probably find that's up to NASCAR specs is probably like sixteen hundred. Here, but yeah, insane. but I mean they keep us safe, so like can't right, can't right yeah. on safety, you know. Yeah. I, I think I would risk it a little bit if it was $1,600. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, uh, I appreciate you once again. Um, it's been Cody, your host with the most. Uh, JKL from Churchill. Sorry, I didn't hear you. It's Coop Daddy. Dalton Good, a.k.a. Dalton Rowdy Bush. And then, of course, our guest, Chris Hacker. Chris Hacker, the hacker man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thanks for listening. Hashtag phone apple tea. Oh, yes, most definitely. (laughs) All day, every day. Uh, We'll see y'all Sunday.